LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. And I'm Derek Anna. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for gospel-centered ministry every week. And Derek, you're in your jammies today. We're coming uh, live from your home. Yep, that's right. Yep, I am. I Yes, I'm from my jammies. How's sunny, sunny Brisbane going today? Well, it's sunny and it's always amazing. It's always amazing. We're heading into uh, what's called summer, which looks pretty much the same as winter. <laughs> now, The One Thing is brought to you with thanks to the Geneva Push and Tourism Brisbane. Uh, the Australian Church Planning Network. Uh, we're also proudly a part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. But for now, you've pressed play on episode number 78 of The One Thing, Self-Awareness. So last week we had Richard Coken on talking about gospel resilience and um, how it is that the challenges and struggles of life ministry, um, how we negotiate them, uh, to remember why we're here, who we are, and what's actually important in life. So we're going to pick up on that this week uh, and talk about a key skill needed. If you're going to do that well, reflect on life well, you need to have self-awareness. Um, and so we've got our own resident expert <laughs> in the house today, Scott Sanders. Yeah, well, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but uh, but uh, in terms uh, of... Just let other people... I'll let other people call you that, though. I think in terms of... In terms of a growing sense of understanding this topic and, and seeing the importance of it in the context of uh, being a better leader and uh, developing yourself as a leader, but then being able to work with a team, work with other people and, and develop then, self-awareness is a, is a critical skill. And pushing that, why is, it, why is it critical and what are the implications if you don't have self-awareness? Yeah, I think, I think so, much of, so much of how we operate is a part of, uh, you know, it's part of who, uh, of who we are uh, and in many senses, you know, reflection, I guess, is, is not one of the, the strong parts of our culture. You know, we're, we're not really, uh, you know, pushed to be uh, reflective uh, as a culture. And so I think understanding ourselves uh, and how we operate uh, can be in so, so important in a, in, a team, in a team context. It can also be important in, uh, in, in just learning how we respond, uh, you know, to other people and, and influences that come across us. So, in terms of a skill, I think it is something that we can uh, we can get better at, uh, you know, through a number of areas. And I want to push into those later. But, but, but just in terms of reading and thinking about it, it you know, there is a reality that, that who we are and how we're formed is a process that uh, that comes to it as comes to it as so powerfully from uh, our culture, you know. And so it's it's not enough to say that you know non-Western cultures have got it worked out, or even modern you know modern Western identity and, and sense of self has also got it worked out um, either. Uh, but the, I guess the peculiar thing that I want to sort of press into and think about is, well, what is, what is, uh, what is God's word? What does the Bible have to say about our own identity and, and how much self-awareness uh, or at least reflection are we doing on that? And how much of that is actually shaping who we are versus our, um, our you know, the culture that's uh, around us? So it's different from navel gazing. It's not just introspection for the sake of introspection. There's an end point to this. There's an outcome where not just trying to understand ourselves better. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think about it in the context of my, uh, you know, my own parenting. Why is it that I get angry at you know, my girls? What are the things that fire me up particularly about my girls and, what, and why do I get angry at that and not get angry at other things? 
and a bit of self-reflection on that, uh, you know, can actually address a, a deeper issue that's that's going on for me. That you know, often the gospel needs to bring you know bring to bear in my life. Mm. No, I think that's good. Yeah, and I think for me, one of the ways in which I've seen this play out is when I'm not self-aware, I get irritated at seeing people do things a certain way. And if I'm not self-aware as to why that's irritating me, because it could be because it's actually being done wrong, incorrectly, and so I need to work out how to adjust that. It could just be they're doing differently from me, and that irritates me. Yeah, so for, for me, one of the big aha moments recently has been my, my flexi- the flexibility uh, you know, so it's 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 a great skill when you're you get you're trying to get things done and you're working you know in in a new context uh, because you are making things up and and trying to work out new things. But once you've created a system and have a process in place, it's it's not good to be flexible. It's not good to change things because you've got a process in place for a reason. You know, it gets things done efficiently and purposefully. But I just I just struggle to work in any system. So being aware that I value flexibility and I really love that. And being aware of that and being aware that I'm going to constantly push against systems and processes helps me to actually be aware of that so that I see a process in place and I need to go, no, there's a process here for a reason and, and, I, and I need to keep working out this process uh, because mm. it is actually moving us toward a common endpoint, and we're going to see outcomes that are far better than if, I just, if we just constantly make things up every time we, uh, we come to it. Okay, so put your finger for us. Just begin us on this journey of where where do we start if we want to become more self-aware? Well, I think two areas that I really think impacts us in leadership in particular. When we think about, say, a ministry project, there are a whole bunch of different aspects of a, of a ministry project. You've got the actual doing of the event or the ministry. You've got the planning that goes on just before that. You've got the you know, working out the project plan, recruiting re- recruiting team members. You've got just the, before even that, just the thinking and the conceiving the idea and, and having the vision and the, and the dream for that. And then at the end, you've got the evaluation, you know, what worked, what didn't work. I think so much a part of, of our Christian ministry processes and systems and things that we do, we just get on with the doing and the planning. And we don't do a lot of the evaluation. We don't do a lot of the dreaming, you know. can Could we do this differently? Do we need to keep doing this? Uh, let's look back at what we've just done. And so I think two spaces just for, reflective behavior to think in in terms of ministry projects are, are just in the dreaming and the conceiving actually spending regular time so you know monthly thinking about your ministry thinking about you know where it's at taking some time away to think into about the the future of where you want to go you know where where is it that we're actually seeking to get to in my ministry that I'm working on or or in the church as a whole and then likewise I, I don't think we actually in the busyness and the urgency just of the week to week work of christian ministry we actually don't stop and go well uh, let's look at what we're doing. Could we do it better? Do we need to be doing it? Asking those reflection questions. I think those things bring some greater self-awareness into you know ministry projects and just ministry leadership in particular. All right, good. Let me just pause for a second. We're going to come back to you in a moment, Scott, with some, some things for your toolbox. But one thing is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and this is a good chance to point you to one of our partner podcasts. Have you listened to? Group Answers podcast, Chris Surratt, Brian Daniel, do it. Just not right now, after this podcast, do it. They're part of the Leadership Podcast Network. They've covered topics like the Enneagram and small groups, all-time best Bible studies, and Trevor Wax on discipleship trends. So look up Group Answers on whatever podcasting tool you use. Okay, Scott, what have you got in the toolbox around self-awareness today? Yeah, I've just been reading... Um 
I read your book by Keller called Making Sense of God, chapters sort of six, seven, and eight. Think about the self and think about identity and then think about what you know God's word has to say about that. Uh, so Making Sense of God has just been helpful just in thinking into to this topic. And now there's just a talk I'll, put, I'll link in the show notes that uh, Andrew Heard gave a few months back on identity and, and on sort of being authentic and that push in our culture to be who, who you are. You know, it seems to be such a, a pressing part of our culture uh, that we're, you know, we're called, you know, even El, you know, Elsa regularly calls us, um, you know, to be who we are. So how do we actually understand our identity? The last one, can I encourage you just to, there's lots of tools, I think, for just understanding the self. So five forces, we've talked about Myers-Briggs before on this, Strengths Finder. I found doing these tools just helpful in just sort of getting uh, an awareness of, uh, of self as well. Excellent. Okay, let's uh, push into some of those things because I know as part of the work of Reach Australia, that a part of growing leaders within churches of, for the Reach Australia Development Program is helping them be self-aware. What are some of the areas that you're working on with them as you help them grow self-awareness? I think it's important, you know, in, in ministry and, and non-ministry life to have sort of a balanced set of relationships. Uh, so in order, in order to sort of think well of yourself, often the self, the self is sort of made up of those outside of us. You know, our understanding of ourselves comes from, you know, how we're valued by other people. And, and so ultimately and importantly, I think it's important that we understand that, that we are a child of God, that we are, we are first and foremost uh, His and He loves us. And so out of that, out of that great love that he's shown for us. We don't need to perform for others. We don't need to be defined by others' expectations of us. We are, you know, loved by God. And I think that's a I think it's a massive thing just to sit with as you lead your church or as you lead your um your ministry. We're part of a larger story that that God has us in mind. We're created by God for good works, saved, you know, Ephesians two. And so I think we need to actively let that shape who we are. So I guess that's the first thing that I want to um you know, that we want to point out. And so if that's the case, then I think that allows us to actually lead in humility, lead in love, lead by actually pouring ourselves out. So, you know, one of that sort of, I guess, defining defining metaphors for Christian leaders is, you know, being a servant, being a servant of Jesus Christ. So being accountable to him, but also being a servant, being someone who actually serves others and not themselves. I think that pushes really counterculturally against our culture, which is often so much about us and, and how how we're, how and much we're going to get out of things. So I think that'd be the first place, you know, get that relationship right with God, understand who you are. The second sort of key relationship I think is is get a mentor. You know, get uh, or you could be you could be in a in a ministry team, and so you've got a supervisor or a boss or a lead pastor who's caring for you. Regularly reflecting with them is quite a powerful way to get an understanding of yourself. And again, having that conversation with your boss or, or your mentor to understand them as well, because I think often in, in that conversation, it's quite powerful to, to see how, how you work. And so being open, open to having that feedback, being open to be coached, being open to have the hard conversations uh, about you know, sin in your life and areas where you actually need to grow as a leader is really important. The, the other, I guess the other key area is, um, is your peers. I know a number of ministers who get together with um, peers from their college, you know, on a regular basis, and I'd encourage I encourage people to do that as regularly as you can. I think that's hard if you're in a you know in a cross cultural context, or that's hard if you've you know you've left where you've grown up. But find peers who can speak into your life and uh, and help you understand you know who you are. I think it often is hard to find peers when you're in the workplace, so look for them in um, in other churches. You know, you do you are going to go have to go out there and network uh, and find 
you know, people in uh, in similar ministry roles to you as well. So we use Myers-Briggs a little bit. So I did Myers-Briggs certification. I found it really helpful. Um, there's other ones I mentioned, the Enneagram with the um, the Group Answers podcast before that uh, they talk about that and people are using that. What place do you think like Myers-Briggs, Gallup's fine Enneagram has within this self-awareness discussion? Yeah, I, I think they're all they're all tools just in, um, you know, they're all extra extra bits. I've done Strengths Finder, I've done Myers-Briggs. I think to realise that they're not deep psychological analysis tools, they're kind of, you know, general rubrics on life. So I think take them, you know, in that mind. I think it's always good to have someone who's trained and, and knows what they're talking about. So the Enneagram is one that kind of scares me because it seems like everyone watches a podcast and then becomes an expert on that one. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> That's that's exactly what Nate would say, Scott. <laughs> but uh, but you know, think into it, and again, use it in the context of a team or use it in context of others. I think one of the key one of the key relationships that I find most you know challenging it's it's um it's those you're coaching or those you're supervising or you know as as I think about being a father, it's my relationship with with my kids. You've got to have integrity, don't you? You can't kind of tell someone to do something and then not do it yourself. I'd say I'd encourage Christian leaders out there: find someone to coach, find someone to pour into and disciple, and and then you kind of had the accountability structure or the integrity to actually do it yourself. It's very hard not to do something when you're encouraging your uh, your children to do that. You know, my daughter the other day called me a hypocrite, and they're just wounding words. You know, we're talking about raising our voice. You know, you've asked me not to raise my voice, you've just raised your voice, and uh, and so you know, having that uh, that mentory relationship is is really important. And, and the final. The final one, sort of, make the link is, is is talking with your spouse. So if you if you are married, again, I think your wife or your husband often know you um, know you best. It's very hard to to hide stuff from them. So uh, I, I think you need to be careful with that relationship. There, you know, there, there's good things and helpful things about uh, sharing stuff with your wife. So uh, or husband, don't share everything necessarily. Be careful about everything. But that's another data point as well uh, from which to get a good understanding of yourself. Alrighty, Scott. That brings us to the end of the show. What is the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to self-awareness? Uh, as you think into and get an understanding of yourself, seek out a balanced set of relationships. So a mentor, peers, uh, someone to actually coach. And if you are fortunate enough to have a spouse or you know have a spouse or a confident, having a balanced set of relationships can really help you think uh, well into yourself and help you reflect on your own behavior. Excellent. All righty. Now, just as we end the show, it's in October, and in October, uh, in Australia at least, uh, we are having a sale on ministry. Let me just nudge Ministry Grid a little bit. Uh, This is for thinking through well how to train volunteers in your own context, in your own church uh, for gospel ministry. It's hard getting people in the same place. What Ministry Grid does, it's a great tool to help you train every volunteer and leader in your church. From uh, LifeWay, our friends in the U.S., Three hundred, three and a half thousand videos, eight hundred courses for training your ministry. Uh, if you go to ministrygrid.com.au and you're in Australia, you'll see the ever-growing library of Australian content as well to complement the US uh, material as well. Uh, ministry Grid scope and sequence and training is amazing. The material that's out there. October is a sale in Australia. Ministrygrid.com.au, uh, check it out. If you're in the US, ministrygrid.com. Brilliant tool. Anyway, if you've liked what you've heard in the one thing today, we'd appreciate it if you take a moment to rate it on iTunes. Even leave a comment. Even leave a comment. Alrighty, thanks for joining us for another episode of The One Thing. 
coming up in the next episode. It says here the good Dr. John Dixon. Is there an evil Dr. Dr. John Dixon, I wonder? Mm, there I is. Wonder. Oh, I wonder. okay. Well, yeah, there you go. John, John literally does hundreds of lecturing and speaking engagements with non-Christians, and we're going to be asking him, what are the questions people are really asking? I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon. Chat soon.